to the 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. Welcome to another episode of the 30 Podcast, brought to you as always by Silver Screen and Roll.com, where we got you covered for everything Lakers. Harrison, Christian, Anthony, and the entire crew always updating the site. You can check it out for stats, opinions, analysis, you name it, we got it. And don't forget, subscribe to our podcast network as well. We're on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, you name it, we are there. And follow us on Twitter as well, at LakersSBN. Well, it's pretty much all been a soap proper the entire season. Why would the offseason change for the Lakers? It, big news, obviously, from earlier this week. If you haven't heard yet, you're probably living under a rock. Magic Johnson stepping down kind of came out of nowhere on Tuesday going into the season finale against Portland. On top of that now, some more rumors coming out. Basically, the Lakers' soap opera equivalent, the Sacramento Kings up north, uh, they ended up firing Dave Yeager. They're now looking at, uh, there's reports coming out basically saying that Luke Walton is considered the, re- the favorite to replace him. Plus some news on Palenka. We're going to touch on that, and we'll get into some comments from LeBron. From my regular guest, Alex Regula. Alex, my man, how you doing today? Thanks, Jess. Uh, thanks for having me on again. I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's been, uh, been, a, been a hectic week in, in Lakerland. So, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we've all been busy. If you don't know, Alex writes for the site. Uh, super in uh, in touch with the with the South Bay Lakers. Knows a lot about the guys and a big on analytics as well. Uh, check them out on Twitter at Alex Regula. Yeah, it's been a bit of a hectic week, hasn't it? Uh, just a little bit. <laughs> Not a lot of news this week, but uh, yeah, it's it's been really crazy. It's probably one of the wildest couple days uh, that I can remember on the Lakers. Yeah, it pretty much is. I mean, other than maybe when Kobe had that, where he kind of made a, made a trade request on the Stephen A. Smith show, then he kind of retracted it. That was probably the last time I was around this much drama with the Lakers. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, I think both those uh, examples just were both unexpected. And then yesterday, or whatever day it was, it was just, I, I had no idea what was happening. I was, I think I was watching a Dodger game or something, and I looked on Twitter and I saw magic's uh quitting and i changed the channel i saw him there and i just i watched all 40 minutes or however long that was and it, it was just surreal to see him do that and kind of hug everyone and see and cry and laugh and make bad jokes and <laughs> <laughs> it was just it, it it was surreal to watch and i i couldn't believe what i was watching he, he's the king of bad jokes and obvious <laughs> tweets obvious tweets for sure like I couldn't believe that he said that kind of stuff that, you know, oh, I, I, I want to be able to tweet players like, come on, man, it's, <laughs> it's 2019. You know, you can't be on the on the Internet. That is it's tampering. You, you can't do that kind of stuff. You should have known this. Somebody should have gave him a manual on what it's like to run a team in 2019. It's not 1990 anymore, Magic. You can't be doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, see, we could kind of know his priorities like it's tweeting and joking. <laughs> <laughs> now he has plenty well, of time to do both. Well, it's probably best for, for the Lakers that, that he moved on. I mean, I, I said that, too. He just didn't seem like he was fully committed to being a part of the role. I, I think they made a mistake in hiring him. I, to, to me, you know, he did lobby for the job. I, I don't think that's a secret or anything like that. You know, he, he wanted to bring the team back to relevance. But he also, I don't think, did the, the work to prepare for what came with it. And so, I, you know, and what we've seen the last couple of seasons, I think, was a result of that. So, to me, it's better for the franchise moving forward. He did obviously make one Huge, huge signing and bringing in LeBron. Uh, now it's going to be up to somebody else to kind of smooth things up. Yeah, and and he was inexperienced. He didn't have you know experience in that type of role when they brought him on. And for for a guy who has so many other businesses, it's hard to invest the the amount of time necessary for being a, a president of basketball operations. And I think that reports are you know he wasn't in the facilities for you know months on end, and he would show up randomly and sporadically. And 
I think if you want a successful team, you need someone who's really invested 100%. And I just don't think Magic Magic was. He was too busy elsewhere. And uh, and when you have a GM like Rob Plinka, who you know is kind of disliked around the league, and you have that kind of bad combo of uh, your president not being fully involved and a GM who's supposedly hard to work with, it's kind of bad uh, combo there. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I don't, I don't think Jeannie Buss did enough homework, did enough like looking into whether or not they have the right people in place because it seemed like to me it was magic at the top. Then you had Palenka kind of as his 1A and nobody else, nobody around to really question mm-hmm. them. Magic Johnson, he's, I don't want to say he's intimidating by the sense that if he walks into a room, he's a mean, big, intimidating guy. No, it's intimidating to be around Magic Johnson. So you might be hesitant in order to share your opinion, Magic Johnson needs to hang around with more millennials because you know that we ain't scared to tell anybody <laughs> what, what, what we think. But uh, uh, when, you, when, it, when I look at Magic Johnson, I, I think the biggest problem with it was, and, and I'm going to say this, uh, it's going to be an unpopular opinion, he didn't know how to relate to, to the players. Um, you know, that, that, that quote that he had saying that, I'm going to go into the uh, locker room, tell them to not be babies. I think it was going into that Philly game where they end up getting blown out, and I'm going to tell them not to be babies. It's like, well, dude, you have to learn how to how to deal with and treat people of this day and age. This isn't the '80s and '90s anymore, where it's okay to to kind of you know tell guys, "Hey, this is how it is," and, and run it like a drill sergeant. No, it, it, people have changed and the times have changed, and I just don't think he adapted to that in order to be successful in today's NBA. Not taking away from anything he did pr- prior to that on the court, because he's one of the best to ever do it. Yeah, that's why it makes it so difficult for former athletes to kind of step into this role. Like they're they're super competitive and, and they succeeded at the highest levels as an athlete and they kind of demand that excellence from everywhere and from everyone but when you guys when you have guys that are rookies and 19 20 year olds they're not going to be at that level right away and it's hard for them to be patient they're so competitive and so used to winning and being so successful like magic has in every business so yeah it's that's why you don't you know so many former athletes kind of fail in this role and for a guy like magic who doesn't have experiences in this role it, it is just a really tough position to be put in and I, I think he just thankfully he, he resigned and because I, I think if he didn't resign Jeannie would have a really hard time to fire Magic and we kind of would be stuck with him for a little bit yeah nobody and and, and nobody wanted that I think I honestly do think this was for the the better of the uh of the franchise I just don't think he was up to up to speed in order to be doing this on a, on a full-time basis um and 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 the amount of commitment and the amount of time it takes, like you said, I mean, you have to be there all the time and be plugged in totally. And he just wasn't ready for it. Uh, the news came out today when an anonymous NBA executive, you know, take that for what it is, uh, basically said that uh, an agents as well saying that Rob Palenka hard to work with. Now, the reports coming out the last couple of days, it looks like they're going to retain Palenka. His role might actually increase. What do you think about that? Uh, like my first reaction, like I, I was I was kind of, you know, not a huge Rob Palenka fan and I. I assumed once Magic resigned that, you know, soon Polinka would also either be fired or he would just part ways with the, the team. But um, again, Polinka is not a guy with experience. He, he was an agent, so he knows the players, he knows officials around the league, but he wasn't the person making the, you know, the trades or signing players. And I think for for agents, uh, they usually, if, if you handle your business in a kind of shark-like manner, you know, you're going to get some bad a bad reputation around the league and, and people are not going to trust you fully if you're they feel like you're taking money from them or you're you're, you're kind of trying to cheat them out of something and i think uh palinka's again not experienced and i think they they need to hire someone who is experienced in this role and who could bring a different outside view because 
uh, it sounds like Plink is having trouble making trades that people don't want to work with him. So when you have that type of person in the front office, it's really hard to gain any leverage or advantage over your competition. Yeah, I mean, he, let's not forget, this is a guy that said when he bought in Bullock and Mus, uh, Muscala that his hope was, and I'm quoting here, much like Edelman was, it's just one player, but that one, <laughs> but that could have <laughs> such a big impact on overall cameras. You're okay. We saw that Mike Muscala actually had a pulse towards <laughs> his last three or four games, which is a welcome sight, but come on, comparing a guy like uh, Reggie Bullock and Mike Muscala to an all-pro Super Bowl, multiple times Super Bowl <laughs> champion like Julian Edelman was ridiculous. Also going to read this one that I've also pulled up. The pastor and his fiance decided that they could all that they could let all the new people get between them. Or they could hold each other closer so the people push them together. This is a guy who's running the Lakers <laughs> right now. Okay, people? This is this is the guy they have in charge. I, I don't know what Genie sees in him. I, I don't know what he has on Genie. And the entire Lakers organization, maybe he has some <laughs> illegal dossier in the in the uh, Trump <laughs> Trump way that could bring him down. But uh, to me, I, I agree with you. I think as an agent, you learn to be very hard headed. You have to be a shrewd negotiator, mm-hmm. and that that comes with that that comes with the territory. So these people who get into being an agent, they're cutthroat to start because that is not a, b- a business for somebody who's passive, right? And so naturally, you're going to rub people the wrong way because you were negotiating contracts, and he had several high pl- profile. Uh, clients, you know, while he was an agent, Kobe Bryant, chief among them. But when, when you look at this, is it time to move on from him? Should Jeannie look at this and say, you know what, we gave this thing a shot. We went outside the box, not too far in terms of the Laker family, but we went outside the box by bringing in a couple of people who don't have any experience. If you were in Jeannie's shoes right now, you'd probably be wearing nicer ones than you have, and they'd be ladies' shoes, of course. But what uh, w- would you try and keep him around, or would you say, you know what, let's start fresh and move on? No, I, you have you have to start fresh. It, it, once Magic resigned, I think that was a perfect opportunity to hit the reset button. And so many teams don't get that chance or that opportunity. And I think a golden chance just opened up right in front of her eyes. And I'm not saying Rob is not going to ever be successful as a GM or anything like that. Like He's obviously a smart guy and it, he's well-knowledged in a lot of basketball stuff. But it, in this type of role, you need someone with that, like I said, that type of experience and that type of reputation around the league that is respected and you want to do business with and for so long it feels like the Lakers are kind of the laughing joke around the league and when you have people in that position in the front office who you can't trust or, or, or leaking reports every day it's really hard to, to operate that way so it's, it's definitely time for them to look outside the Lakers family and try to bring in fresh young like ideas and smart individuals not just one single person to run basketball stuff. You know, the Lakers remind me of, they remind me like over the last, you know, five, six, seven years. It's like when you're in high school and then you have that dude who was the man, you know, when he's 15, 16, 17 and he was all cool. And, you know, everybody was envious of him. The girls liked him. The guys wanted to be him. Then you get to 21 and you see that he's probably gained about 40 pounds now. He still doesn't, he still doesn't have a steady job. Didn't, didn't get an education, but he still thinks he's the, you know what I mean? He still thinks he's the, the, I, I can't say the word, but you know what well, I mean, he, right? Yeah, he's still probably hanging around those same schools, trying to yeah. relive those glory days. <laughs> and it's like, dude, you got to adapt. You got to move on. And <laughs> and that's what I think's happening happening with the Lakers right now. There's been too much talk, uh, and I, and I've harped on this a lot during the season, during podcasts, um, as well, even online on, on Twitter when I talk about it. Like, you have to look at what what today's NBA is calling for, and I I think Doctor Bus is passing. Uh, back in 2013 really really did hurt this team you know and 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 I don't think they've been able to recover from it and I'm not again I'm not putting down Genie in the sense that um, 
she's terrible as a person or, or, you know, a lot of her other endeavors. She's done wonderful and she does a lot of good things for the community here in LA. But the problem is she hasn't done a great job of running this team. Jim Buss obviously was a disaster. Her brother during that time, uh, I think you have to look at bringing somebody in who can oversee the entire operation at this point. No, I agree. And, and Jeannie, you know, she's said before, she, she doesn't want to be really involved in the basketball side of things. And she kind of passes that, those responsibilities to people. And just unfortunately the people she's passed down to just haven't, hasn't worked out yet. So hopefully this kind of opens her eyes to try something new. Like let's look outside former Lakers and family members and try to bring in someone who has experience in this type of role. And like I said, is well-respected who can talk to agents without getting, you know, hung up on, or they, they can maybe get some meetings with players because they didn't rub their agents the wrong way by shipping people out or, you know, calling them names as they ship them out. They, they need to start handling their business more professionally and just more, more with more edu- like more uh, insight in what they're doing instead of just kind of winging it, you know? Yeah, it seems like it's just been, well, let's just try a bunch of weird science experiments and, and hopefully one of them works out and then we'll go with it. It's been, it was such a crazy up and down season from the optimism of last July leading up to, wow, these guys are going to be good to the disappointment that we've seen. I want to touch on a couple of comments that, that LeBron made. Uh, we'll get to those right after this break. And we're back. So LeBron James, Alex, he ended up saying basically it's unfair for uh, people to compare him to Kobe. This was during his uh, interview with Jim Hill of CBS. Um, what, what do you think of that? I mean, to me, I think it's a natural comparison. Now, if you stayed in Cleveland the whole time or Miami the whole time, these comparisons might not be made in terms of with, with Kobe and the Lakers. But once you, once you come here and wear the purple and gold, the comparisons are going to happen. Yeah, and I think he knew what he, when he signed up to join the Lakers that obviously people are going to compare him to Kobe. And from the get-go with those murals that were getting defaced with you know, his face on him because he wasn't Kobe and Kobe fans not liking LeBron and just... There was a natural comparison that, that was going to always take place, no matter who who was joining the Lakers, if it was Paul George or whoever. But because it's LeBron, those two have always been kind of linked in their careers, and uh, I think this is—he knew what he signed up for, and I think uh, deep down he's not in fact, you know, impacted by what people think or if he's as good as Kobe. I mean, LeBron's LeBron, and he's you know arguably better than Kobe was. I mean, I know that's like blasphemous for Laker fans to hear, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, like you that got, is, right? <laughs> <laughs> like you just like you just have to be LeBron and and not worry about a segment of fans who you know still hold Kobe really you know deep by their hearts, and no one no one's ever going to match up to that. But I think he just has to play his game and just try to focus on getting this team where it needs to be. And that it's interesting. In that in that same interview, he also mentioned this too. He said, you know, he he came here to win championships, and he says he's not going to stop until the Lakers are in championship contention. Now, my concern with that for LeBron is the fact that you might not want to stop, but your body will. You know what I mean? Like yeah. He's, he's going to be 35 next season. First time he's missed an extended period of uh, of the season with injuries. But you have to look at it now and think, okay, a. You might not be the player you are. Now, if anything, it's going to go downhill from here. You know what I mean? He's not going to – I still think he's going to be great. I just don't think he's going to ever play at the level he did, you know, especially in, uh, leading up to his time in, with Cleveland. But right now, he's going to be coming on the downside of his career. He has to change as a teammate. You, you can't expect uh, the, the, his body language, a lot of what he did w- with uh, the young guys, if they made a mistake, they, they missed a pass or they missed a defensive assignment – and he should be the last one talking about defense this season because he didn't play any. But uh, you know, when you, when you look at when you look at him as a as a teammate, 
as an individual, being a part of a squad, you know, going on 35 now next December or this December, pardon me. Um, what, do, what do you think about LeBron? Do you think he has what it takes right now to be the face of the, of the team that will win a championship? Um, I, I, I mean, it depends on who else is next to him. Like if it's this young core and another crop of just one year deals and no, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's, you know, at that level at, at this stage of his career to carry a team for another full 82 and then through playoffs and the finals with all that usage rate and all that, that offensive load he has to do. I mean, I think he needs at least another, you know, high usage guy next to him. If it's a guy like either, you know, just a guy like Kemba or Jimmy Butler, just someone else to kind of shoulder some of that load to get him through that season. But as it stands now, I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, and then if he hasn't, you know, add on an extra year from that when he's just another year older, I don't, it's kind of hard because the Lakers are kind of two, at a crossroads here where they have a young core and they have LeBron and they don't know which direction to go. It's, they're kind of have to figure out if they're, they're building for long term or if they're going to go all in for it right now because LeBron need, has a short window. That, that's where that decision of, of hiring the right person comes in. You have to look at someone who, A, is going to carry this team uh, to the promised land now because you have a, another two-year window. We don't know if LeBron's going to opt in for year four yet, uh, but you want to have somebody who can, who can make that happen now. And on top of that, make this team competitive for the years to come. And I think the obvious answer to this, and, and uh, this is like something I'm saying is like, hey, the sky is blue, is, is getting Anthony Davis. Because if you get Anthony Davis, you're going to be set for 10 years. You're going to have a window with LeBron, and you're going to have a, a, a window after that with Anthony Davis that you could bring someone in. So whoever they hire as a general manager, I am a, a, a fan of looking at somebody like Masai Ujiri. If you can get him out of Toronto, I don't know if that's going to be possible because I, I know for a fact Ujiri does love it there. But it is the Lakers, and the lore of the Lakers is, is something that he might not be able to turn down. Um, but uh, David Griffin, I think he's somebody who, who's mm-hmm. obviously shown he could win with LeBron. He could work with LeBron, and LeBron is basically an assistant GM, anyways. So he would be my; those would be my top two choices as of right now. What about you? Yeah, and, and that's I. I just hope they have a process, a hiring process, where they interview different people, like you mentioned, and you know, pick up, pick up the phone and just call and call their team, you know, call other managers and presidents of basketball operations and offer them this money and see if they're interested. I mean. As a lot of reports have said, like Woj just said, the job is still, you know, really sought out after and it's still the Lakers and they have cap space, they have the young core and LeBron. And I, I think they have to call these big names and try to lure them in. And then because if you want to pull off like an Anthony Davis trade, I don't think you can with Rob Polinka. I, I think he's really disliked around the league and he's not trusted around the league. So you need someone who has that that name value who can call and, and, and the other person on the line feels safe to deal with. And I think a guy like David Griffin's a good choice, especially since he's worked with LeBron, like you mentioned, and names like Bob Myers or RC Buford, just these well-known individuals who can kind of add some right away, add some, uh, you know, credibility to this organization that it's lacked for so long. That, that is going to be, that is going to be huge too, because if you look at like the, the Palenka thing, I just don't see a leader in him. Uh, you know, he might be a good assistant general manager or, or bringing it, you know, his own key where he's trying to negotiate contracts, helping with the, with the, with the salary cap. He kind of has his expertise in that regard, but I just don't see him being able to make the right decision. So I, I, I was shocked to read that they were going to end up uh, looking at, you know, maybe giving him an increased role, but I mean that that's something they're going to have to get right. Wanted to want to do another thing with you here before we before we wrap up. Let let's look at this roster and let's go down, Alex. Because I know, like I said, I, I mentioned off the top, you're quite plugged in with the um, 
with the South Bay Lakers. Let's let, let's look at some of these guys. We're going to touch on the NBA guys as well as the G League guys. And tell me if you think they should be back next season, okay? okay. Trade or not, or uh, whatever their salaries are, it doesn't matter. You you just want yes or no answers, okay? Okay, okay. Okay, I'm going to go down the line here, so be prepared. Lonzo Ball. Yes. Isaac Bonga. You could say G League. You could say G League or NBA. Uh, I, I would say G League, yeah. Okay, Reggie Bullock. Yes. Yes. What did you like about Bullock? I, I, he, I mean, he's a shooter. Like, I, I know he didn't show that. I mean, everyone who joins the Lakers just suddenly can't shoot anymore for <laughs> yeah, whatever suddenly, reason. Yeah, suddenly they stink. Yeah, they're cursed. Just, a witch put a hex on them or something. I, I don't know what it is, but um, I, I think when right away when he joined and he was playing next to LeBron, you can see that off-ball chemistry he had with them, and he looked good in that offensive system. And he got banged up, and I think he his you know confidence went down because he was missing shots. But I, I think he's a solid really solid shooter and he's got good positional size to defend and he plays hard. And I, I think for, you know, if you could get him on the cheap and I think they have his bird rights as well, then I, I don't see why they wouldn't be interested in bringing him back. Yeah. I agree with you on that one. I, I think Reggie Bullock should be back on this team. KCP. No, 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 no. Why? Uh, I, I'm just over KCP. <laughs> like like <laughs> I, I just, I can't do another season with KCP. Like I know he, he gets super hot for the last month of the season just to get that next contract. But uh, for the rest, those 60 other 70 games, there's moping on the bench. There's moping on the floor. It's just, you, you never know what KCP you're going to get. Like he's, he potentially is a really good solid three and D guy, but you just don't get that every night and you never know what to expect with him. He can fire up some random shots. He can, his transition possessions are really hard to watch. And I, I just, they, I think they have to move on from that. I got tired of him when I saw him shoot those 31 shots in the season finale. I'm like, you know what, dude, pack your stuff. Please get the hell out of here. Launch okay. <laughs> uh, Alex Caruso. Yes. 100%? 100%. Over Rondo, all things being considered. Oh, yeah. Equal Easy. salaries, you're taking Caruso all day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I would hope Caruso doesn't make $9 million or whatever Rondo made this year. But, uh, yeah, if it's whatever, I mean, like at a reasonable price, yes. I think it yeah, reasonable. No price, of course. I mean, you know, let's say, let's just say even two or three million dollars, which would be a huge upgrade for Caruso. Oh, but you have to bring him in. He's earned. He's earned the right to at least have a shot to be on this on the opening day roster next season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Tyson Chandler, we could both say gone. Yeah, because he's going to retire. I mean, he's had all these health injuries. He's thirty six years old too. Josh Hart. Yes. What did you like about Josh Hart? Uh, I mean, I, I know he had a really rough season. I, I like. The beginning, he was really good. Like he was a really good shooter. Again, he played with energy. He defends. I thought his defense was improved in that first month or two uh, compared to last year. And I think he still is a really good fit next to LeBron. Just the type of guy you want next to LeBron. But unfortunately, he's just injured all season after that. And just those last twenty games, he was so noticeably hurt, and they just kept playing him. It just his numbers just got worse and worse. Uh, he definitely has to, you know, clean up some stuff. But I just. For that contract, he's, his contract, he has it so low, and he has potential to be such a good fit next to LeBron. I think you, you need to bring him back. Here's one I know you're going to like because you tweet about him a lot, and I know you like his game a little bit, Demario Jones. Oh, yeah, max that guy out. Yeah. <laughs> Use all the cap space on him. Yeah, build around Demario. Well, he could, okay, he could rebound. He's a great rebounder. I mean, you can see that. <laughs> you just have the nose for it. But do you think he'll develop the necessary... Uh, offensive skills as well as kind of learn the game defensively in terms of rotations, where to be, positioning. Does he have enough in him? He's 24 years old already. It's not like he's a spring chicken in terms of NBA years. Do you think he has it in him to to learn the game, to think the game at the next level? 
Yeah, I think that that ultimately decides if he was he's a player or not in this league. Like you said, he's such a good rebounder. It's really impressive what he could do at it at six five. And I think defensively, he he you know he's really he has really good hands. He causes some turnovers here and there. He has some defensive lapses. You know, he can get blown by pretty easily. But um, yeah, it all depends on that jump shot. I think I think if he could just be like a 35 percent three point shooter, just it's such an easy fit to put him on the floor at all times because he's always going to bring energy. He's always going to die for balls. He's always going to rebound. But at a point, you need him to do something more than that to 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 uh, for it to make sense that he's on the floor. You can't just have a guy who plays okay defense and rebounds a lot in this modern game. You need at least some type of offensive value also. So that's something he's got to focus on over the summer. They signed him to a two-year deal, so... They have a team option next year. We'll see what happens. But I think he's a guy you definitely want in training camp to, you know, uh, battle guys all summer long in there and, and just, you know, push them. And uh, he's definitely a guy you want on your bench. Yeah, he's going to be the one interesting guy to me. I think if you put some work in in the summer, you could look at him being 11th, 12th man on this team, mm-hmm. depending on how they feel at the rest of the roster. Uh, JaVale McGee. Yeah, and if if he if it's the same kind of contract and he he's comfortable with either coming off the bench or a reduced role, I, I don't think you can do a starting center Javel again. I, I think you need someone else to share that that center load. Yeah, he said he wanted to be back. I, I would bring him back on the cheap, and again, like you said, as your backup center. If he's starting at center, you're not going to win many games. You're not yeah. going to make a playoff. You're not going to be a playoff contender. I don't care who you have around him. I think he was good, uh, perfect on the Warriors because of how stacked they were. And, uh, you know, his game suits that, too, where it's like, hey, I'm just going to kind of find the open lane, find a cut down the middle of the key and get an easy bucket. That's where his strength is. I don't like when he's taking sweeping hook shots and, and <laughs> trying to do face up jumpers just to stick yeah. to what you know, JaVale. Uh, your favorite player on the Lakers. I know you've loved him a long time. Uh, Mike Muscala. <laughs> I was like, wait, you already said Jamario. So I don't know who this <laughs> other person is. Um, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Didn't bring an eye. He could shoot decently, but I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, he was just frustrated me. I, I just started not liking him. Uh, the yeah. more I saw him play, I was like, well, I can't believe that Magic and Rob Palenka thought this was a good move. <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not horrible. I, th- I think it's just who got traded for him. Like Zubat's going out and then just him be playing so poorly right away, just put like a bad stink on him. And like these last five games, he was actually really, really good out there and really worked well with the, with the group that was starting to win games. But I just... I. I don't see it happening. Uh, Rondo. No. Gone? Yeah, I agree. Gone. Okay, Lance Stevenson, gone. Yeah, gone. Mo Wagner going to be back regardless of what we say anyways. He's a first-round pick, so he'll be back. Uh, what about LeBron? Are you bringing him back? You get no, back? I mean, uh, LeBron I'm not going to go with. I, I think he's going <laughs> to be back. Uh, Brandon Ingram, I think we both agree that you would, mm-hmm. would like him back. Kyle Kuzma, we're going to bring him back. Those three, we can, we can do that in one shot. Those three should be back. Yeah, I agree. Okay, final one for you, Jonathan Williams. Yeah, I mean, I, if there's enough roster space, like I, I, I think he proved that he can play in this league. He's, like you say, just solid center. He sets good screens, he rebounds, he plays hard, he's good in transition, he's a great dive man. Like, if, again, another cheap option. That, that's what this team needs. It's cheap, good contract value guys who play hard because all season we had games where guys just weren't providing the effort necessary to win. And I think guys like Williams and Jones and, Crusoe, although they have limitations, they play hard, and this team really needs that. Jonathan, left hook and not the punch, Williams, because that's the only <laughs> offensive move that, that he has, right? Yep. 
He's got a, he's definitely got to diversify his uh, his offensive skill set. I like his game too, though. I you know what the the way he plays, and he's a little bit undersized. You know, he's six nine two twenty eight. Doesn't sound like it, but just the way his frame is, he's kind of wiry and and not the ideal four, but. Uh, he's got to develop a bit of a jump shot in order to be a stretch for because he's got to add that to his game. But I, I like the way he – he's another guy. You look at like a Jamiria Jones. Like if you have him on your 11th, 12th uh, option on, on the bench, you know, he's kind, of, he's kind of sitting there and he could come in and maybe change the energy in a game for two, three minutes. I would look at keeping a guy like that too. Oh, yeah, I agree. Perfect, yeah, perfect role like that. I'll get you out of here on this, Alex. Out of Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, the four – Big fish to me in the NBA uh, free agency market coming up this summer. Who do you think will end up? Which one is the most likely to end up with the Lakers next season? I think because there's still some smoke there. I think maybe Kyrie, just because him and LeBron have kind of made up and they seem to be on the same wavelength. If they kind of talk about their young guys the same way, I, I think Kyrie and LeBron may have a reunion there, especially if they get like David Griffin back in the office or something a little Cavs reunion of like Ty Lue and the, on the bench. I can, I can see maybe Kyrie coming back and joining LeBron. He's a, he's the guy I think so too, but we both know they're going to end up uh, overpaying Boogie Cousins or Jimmy Butler. So, so we'll, <laughs> we'll you, see Alex. what ends up happening. Uh, Alex, always fun to have you on, man. Thanks again for doing this. Yeah, man. Thank you again. That's Alex Regla. He writes for uh, silverscreenroll.com as well. Check him out on Twitter at Alex M Regula. That's R E G L A. I'm at JazzKang21, and don't forget to follow us as well at LakersSBN. Uh, that's it for this episode. Don't forget to go to SilverScreenAndRoll.com and subscribe to the podcast network. You can check us out on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we are there. I'll talk to you all next time.